In case you missed it, here are some video game and entertainment headlines from April 27th, 2021. Our first headline comes from Matt Wells over at Eurogamer. Nintendo just popped a Miitopia demo up onto the Switch eShop. If you've been eyeing up Miitopia for Switch, Nintendo spruces up its 2016 Mii-themed 3DS RPG. You can now explore its curious innards, courtesy of a newly released demo on the eShop. The original Miitopia was a strange old thing. Serving up a slice of irreverent Mii-themed action playing out like a mashup of the 3DS Street Pass quest, Tamodachi Life, in a traditional RPG, albeit one with a significant splash of silliness. Parties could be populated by any of the Mii's you happen to be lying around on your system, slotted into character classes ranging from familiar war... familiar warrior, cleric, to considerably less so popular... pop star? And sent off on a quest to thwart Dark Lord's evil plans to steal everyone's faces. The Switch version allows pretty much the same formula, albeit with some presentational improvements. But whether it can muster the same kind of daffy appeal as the original, given that Mii's and Mii sharing are far less ubiquitous on Switch, remains to be seen. If you'd like to come to your own conclusions, the Miitopia demo is available now on Switch's eShop and offers the chance to create a party of Mii's and have a bit of a gallivant around the game's first area. There's also a horse. Any progress in the demo can be carried over to the full game, which will come out later on the Switch on May 21st. Also from Eurogamer, Martin Robinson tells us that Monster Hunter Rise's first big update lands tomorrow and puts character editing behind paid DLC. The eagerly anticipated first major update for Monster Hunter Rise has been detailed, sneaking in before the end of the month as it arrives on April 28th, just one day after the update was detailed in Capcom's digital event. It brings a suite of new challenges and monsters, plus one unwelcome tweak as in-depth character editing is now locked behind a paywall. As previously disclosed by Capcom, new beasts are coming as part of the update, with Camellios, a jittery elder dragon first introduced in Monster Hunter 2, and one that's only made fleeting appearances since. Joined by meaner, harder, apex versions of iconic bastards Diablos and Rathalos, there's also a surprise brace of a new Elder Dragons in the form of Teostra and Kushala Diora. I probably mispronounced all of those. Most worryingly though, this new update seems to lock a feature behind paid DLC. With the ability to edit your character's appearance, something you can currently do at will, albeit in limited capacity, needing a paid for item, Capcom is giving players the first one for free though I'm not sure that's particularly generous, given the wider picture, though it is in keeping with Monster Hunter World, which also featured paid character editor vouchers. Rebecca Valentine from IGN tells us that Xbox enjoys its best third quarter ever with an assist from Bethesda. Microsoft's gaming division has just had its best quarter three ever, not only thanks to ongoing sales of Xbox Series S and X, but also no small part to them basically taking an entire extra company onto their revenue for the quarter. In its earning today, Microsoft reported gaming revenue up 50% year over year, jumping from $2.35 billion for the same period last year up to $3.53 billion this year. 
It's not a record quarter overall, as Microsoft's gaming revenues for October through December of last year spiked past $5 billion for the first time ever during the three-month period thanks to the new console launch. But it is a record for the January through March quarter, which is traditionally more of a quiet one for gaming companies following the busy holiday sales season of a big new release. Our next story comes from Charlie Hall over on Polygon. Hasbro CEO says NFTs are being considered for Magic the Gathering and other franchises. Hasbro CEO Brian Goldner says his company is working on NFT technology and then it could be applied to collectibles in the company's portfolio, including Magic the Gathering. Also known as non-fungible tokens, the blockchain-based cryptographic asset tags have proved controversial as speculators snatch up claims on existing physical and digital arts, among other things. Responding to questions from analysts during a quarterly earnings call on Tuesday, Goldner indicated that NFTs could be an option for several brands in the portfolio. Quote, NFTs are a real opportunity for us, Goldner said. As you know, we have so many brands that really operate on multiple demographic levels, whether it's Transformers, whether it's Magic and the D&D brand, and brands like G.I. Joe. We have a team that is leading our efforts out of the West Coast. We have our arms around this and see multiple opportunities on the NFT side, and you'll hear more about that as we move forward. But we are actively developing our opportunities here, and we do see it as substantial. End quote. Our last headline of the day also comes from Game Informer. This is Jason Gisau. Titanfall 2 player count up by 750% on Steam. Titanfall 2's player count on Steam has skyrocketed in recent weeks. An extremely generous sale price coupled with Apex Legends teasers has pushed the FPS into the limelight. Previously, Titanfall 2 sales have been nowhere near as successful. A recent roundtable event was held days before Season 9's Valkyrie was revealed. Developers remarked that Titanfall is a war story. Apex is life after the war. We're trying to integrate Titanfall into that. We're looking at what Titanfall means for this universe. It has lasting impacts that are going to become bigger and bigger. For those of you that do not know, Valkyrie is Apex Legends' most Titanfall-adjacent playable character. She's the daughter of Viper, an incomparable pilot and a member of the notorious Apex Predator mercenary unit. In Titanfall 2, protagonist Jack Cooper played an important role in the ultimate fate of Viper. Many years later, Valkyrie decides to enter the Apex games in memory of her father's legendary legacy. Those are some of the headlines from April 27, 2021. And before I leave, just have a couple comments and thoughts on the whole NFT situation over at Hasbro. Um, my thoughts are mainly going to be centered around Magic the Gathering. Now, previously, two pieces of art that were featured in Magic the Gathering. There were two There were two islands, actually. Um, island cards are, are very important cards. Well, they're land cards inside Magic the Gathering. They're very important to the game. You need them. It's kind of like Men and Hearthstone, if you're more familiar with that. Anyway, the original artists of the art for these land cards actually created NFTs and put them up for sale for 20 Ethereum each. That's about $35,000. They have been taken down 
because this artwork is actually owned by Hasbro. It's not owned by the creators of the art because when you're commissioned to create something for them, um, the company owns that. What an NFT does or is supposed to do or what it should do is give the person who buys it the copyright or ownership of that NFT that usually does not happen. Usually if someone is sold an NFT, they do not have the copyrights or they do not have the rights to that thing. They are just being sold an NFT in most cases. I imagine Hasbro is not going to give the person the copyright or the full rights of distribution or to do whatever they want with that piece of art. Because if you owned a piece of art from the game Magic the Gathering, you would own it. Every time it's printed, you you would have to get a cut of the sales from that card being sold in packs, whether it's physical or digital. There's no way Hasbro is going to do this. They are not going to give you, let you buy the art of a legendary card that is being printed, um, sometimes printed multiple times in future sets. So I don't know exactly what this means. I think the CEO over at Hasbro, this is just my personal opinion, has no idea what an NFT is, but it's been all the rage. People have been talking about it. So they're like, how do we get in on that? And let's figure it out. Because if you were to, again, like if you're to buy the artwork for a card and they give you ownership and rights, like, does that mean you have to distribute it? Does that mean you have to, I mean, you have to go through all of the lawyer work of defending your copyright. If people steal that card, because someone could just take a picture of that card art, put it online. Like, it's just such a weird arena of what NFTs are, what they actually mean for the person that buys it that I don't think that Hasbro actually knows what they would do with it. Because if they do start selling NFTs or if they do start selling digital cards that only one person can buy, then we become the thing that every gamer hates, that we do not pay for power. We do not want to have to pay to have the best deck. I mean, that's kind of what Magic is right now. Anyway, right, you still have to pay for those cards but there's potential to do that because multiples are printed. If there's only one printing of a digital card and someone buys it on the blockchain and they own it and they're the only ones that can use it, it just sounds like a very dumb way to go to me. Anyway, um, thanks for listening to my rant and we'll see you tomorrow.